Hi, I'm Angela Ward and welcome to my podcast, A Beautiful Thing. This is a behind-the-scenes episode on the previous dramatic recording. So if you haven't listened to the storytelling episode, then I would encourage you to catch up with the previous week before listening to our interview today. So now I'd like to introduce you to my guest for this week. Lizzie Hastings is a beloved daughter and is a mother to one wonderful son. She has spent her professional life working as a primary school teacher and also as a freelance writer and trainer for 1010 Resources, teaching about theology of the body. The creative arts, especially singing and nature, help her come fully alive and she is blessed with a wonderful family and friends. So Lizzie, it is a great blessing that you have agreed to join us here today. I think I've known you for over 10 years from the Soul Food Prayer Group in London, and I just really know you as a woman of deep faith and wisdom, and you're just really holy. So it's great that you're uh, able to share today. Oh, bless you, Angela. It's really great to be here. I feel like maybe you've set me up a little bit too high there. I'm just, um, yeah, it's it's a real blessing and a, a gift to be able to share with you today. Well, thank you very much. Now, I know when I presented a range of women uh, to you, the one that you, that you said resonated with you or you thought that you could speak about was the woman caught in adultery. So firstly, I wanted to ask you what draws you to this woman and particularly the dramatic version of the story. Yeah, I think that, um, as you said, when you put forward some of the women, I think one of the reasons that that she really stood out to me was, I think this this focus on, um, well, a couple of things, really. Firstly, the idea of of really appreciating the inner healing that was going on and what had led her to to these um, kind of, I guess, compulsive and addictive behaviours that were she thought were making her happy. Um, but actually what she was really seeking was being seen and known and loved. So I think that side, and I sh- you know, can share a bit more about that, um, about why that really spoke to me. And I think also the other thing that really spoke to me, and especially after listening to your dramatisation, was, um, you know, and as I re- reflected on the gospel again, was actually um, she was so, it, it just comes across so strongly how alone she is. She's surrounded by all these people um, judging her what she perceives to be judging and condemning her and there's something very lonely and solitary about her and I think that that really speaks to me because you know so often kind of in my own story and I think for so many of us we can feel um, just really isolated in our in our brokenness in our need for healing in our sin and actually what um, what really came across was that as she you know, as she feels so alone in her sin and in her need, actually the way that the others all then walk away, you know, that they they can't cast a stone because, you know, as Jesus says, you know, let those who without without sin cast the first stone. There was somehow a sense that actually she then connected to them, that something about that actually they were all in, none of them were perfect. And so somehow that cracked something open in her as well, that, that she was no longer isolated. And I think you know, that really speaks to me as well, just a, a theme of 
of you know so often um, on my journey I've been tempted to believe I'm the only one suffering like this or I'm the only one who struggles with this and um, and that actually as soon as we open ourselves up to the love of Christ and then community with others you know that that just that floods the situation with light so I think yeah those those are a couple of things that really that really speak to me but especially the the inner healing and the being seen by the Lord and being able to step into something new and a new a new life Thank you. Just as you were speaking and saying that you can be led to believe that you might have been isolated or alone, it's interesting because often that's a tactic really of the enemy to lead us to, to think that we are alone and we can be easily persuaded to believe lies. And it's not it's not true because the Lord is with us at all times. And you're right that we also need to step into community as well to be around other people of faith. So thank you for that, Liz. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think again, like the in terms of the dramatization and your version, I think there was just the way you drew out um that idea of inner vows and that she was seeking to have her needs met. I think that really spoke. Um, you know, because so often I say we, but I, you know, we're seeking love, we're seeking security, we're seeking comfort, but of, and often we can believe that God's help holding out on us, you know, like you said in the dramatization, that we don't really believe that God will meet all our needs. And so we seek all of these, you know, other kind of compulsive or numbing out behaviors, things that we think, and that they often do meet a need in the short term, but actually that deeper satisfaction only comes from Christ and, and intimacy with him. And you're right, we may make inner vows and, and not even realise that we are doing so. And it's important just to rebuke them and um, to, to challenge them, really. So you spoke about inner healing. Could you share a little bit more about how that has taken place in your own faith journey? Yeah, I guess it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where there's so many strands and there's so many layers and so many sort of twists and turns to the story that that God is writing in our lives. And I was sort of pondering, thinking, oh, you know, which what what to focus on and what to what to reflect on. And I guess, um, you know, I really the lines from your dramatization that I sort of wanted to root it in were really that that you said his eyes met mine with a piercing love. And um, and then the other line that stood out was, you know, that that there were deep lost parts of myself and that there were calls to there was a call to hidden parts I'd forgotten um, is what the woman says in, in your dramatization. And, you know, I just was pondering, thinking, you know, Jesus has really he's come for us to live our lives to the full, you know, and to really thrive as the people he's made us to be and to become fully ourselves. Um, and to, to come alive in our uniqueness. And I guess, you know, just without going into to too much detail, you know, a lot of my, my kind of, my tenderness, my receptive heart, my feminine heart, and so much of the softness that is part of who God has made well, each of us to be, but especially me to be, received a lot of very profound wounds in, in early childhood. And, you know, for many and varied reasons. And and I, I knew I needed healing. I remember reaching my teenage years and really knowing that there was stuff, you know, my faith was really alive for me. I'm very fortunate to have had a very kind of living faith from a very young age, um, you know, from when I, I actually asked to be baptised when I was I was three years old. So I'm in quite a, I guess, in quite an unusual position to have really chosen to 
to be baptized into the family of 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 Christ, um, the family of God. Um, but I I remember reaching my teens and being very aware that there were there were wounds. I didn't really know what they were, but I knew that there was there were things going on beneath the surface. But at that stage, I was very fortunate to have had a lot of experience of seeing what that healing journey could look like through charismatic um, prayer groups or charismatic conferences and so on. But my often my there was a lot of fear around what that might look like, about what coming for healing you know might look like if I did open myself up. And so I just I kept the lid on for a very, very long time. Um, and actually, in its own way, that was a real blessing because it's it's then enabled me to have a real journey with the Lord where I've been able to see how he he meets us exactly where we are and in our own temperaments and personalities. And I remember going through a very difficult stage um, where lots of things were surfacing for me in my early 20s and having a bit of a, I guess now we'd term it a bit of a mental health crisis in a lot of ways, you know, would be the phrase that would be used um and and really struggling and I was seeking some help and I was at a I was at a conference and there was a healing service and there were just I can't even remember what the words were now but I was sitting with a family member and I just remember the words really speaking to my heart of the kindness of God and and assuring me that there wasn't necessarily going to be big dramatic very public moments of what my healing would look like that actually was going to meet me where I was at and so I sort of that was I remember now I think it was the summer of about 2000 so a good you know well over 20 years ago of just really feeling the tender touch of of Jesus and having that invitation to some deeper healing um, which helped me to open the door and really meet the Lord um, in a more personal and intimate way and I guess you know, there've been so many twists and turns, but actually that inner healing journey has been, um, there have been, you know, there have been moments of like real before and after moments of, of profound healing of like, oh my goodness, that, you know, that sin I struggled with or that thought pattern that I struggled with for so long. You know, sometimes it has been the case that something has just literally changed overnight, but more often than not, it's just been the gentle companionship of Jesus that has brought about deeper healing through you know whether that's been through counsellors whether it's been through friendships and sharing with you know with friends um with close female friends you know I know Sophie shared about um sharing some of her story with you know similar that that group of friends have been really um a profound blessing in my life and that journey of, of inner healing but I guess you know in terms of um like a very specific thing where I would say I encountered inner healing. And this is actually where I would really relate in a kind of more um, concrete way to the adulterous woman is that in my mid twenties, when I was, yeah, I was really struggling in a lot of ways, but I was, you know, to cut a very long story short, I found myself pregnant um, and not married and in a really quite difficult situation in my twenties. And um, in many ways, I, I can relate to the adulterous woman because actually there was a very public element to it because I was a teacher school. Um, and I think up to that point, I still, although I had been on some aspects of an inner healing journey, I think I was still very much believing that you had to tick all the boxes to be a good Catholic, you know, and if I kept all the 
kept all the rules and I went to mass regularly and I went to confession and I did all then then that was going to make me lovable to God um I think there was still a lot of which I know a lot of people experience and and actually and this is where I really relate to the the woman in caught in adultery of of moving from some like that isolation to actually seeing that we're all you know we've we've all made mistakes we've all sinned um was that actually through this very kind of public um sin for want of a better word of being you know of being pregnant and not being married actually I encountered the most profound acceptance and love from my parish community in particular and the Catholic school community that I was teaching in and my parish priest that just cracked open for me who God really is in a really new and profound way um, and actually you know again sort of long story short but that enabled me to to really trust God's goodness, to really trust that we can really walk hand in hand with our Lord and be led to deeper places of freedom and of healing and of, of transformation. So, you know, from this, this really public struggle that I faced um, and, and a lot of shame that was attached to that in the early stages, actually it was it was this vehicle for Jesus just showing me how kind and compassionate and tender he is and that he wants to um, use others around us as well to to um, to learn more about how much he loves us yeah that's just a that's just a little a little of my kind of story and an inner healing and it still continues you know I think um, you know it's never it never finishes we're never we're never going to sort of finish that journey but I think now all these years of seeing how the Lord has worked through healing my emotions, through healing my body, through healing my spirit, you know, um, it's just given me such confidence that I can go forward in real trust and faith for whatever more he has in store. And, and just the more I've seen of his hand in my own life, in the lives of friends and family, that actually he wants to bring us to to deeper wholeness you know that's what holy means it's about integrity and wholeness mm -hmm. and I think it's that sense of he wants our he wants our holiness and he'll he'll do everything that he can to bring us to that so um yeah I think that's that's a big um a big theme for me is just that the, the gentle journeying with the Lord um about our healing journey and and how he just meets us where we are and, um, you know, that I think is an old phrase. Um, I think it might be from the, a good old kind of 80s Christian phrase. I can't remember, but he loves us exactly as we are and too much as, and too much to let us stay that way. So there's this sense of absolutely we are loved perfectly as we are right now. But also the Lord wants to lead us to deeper freedom and deeper wholeness. So, um, yeah, I don't know thank, if that's... Thank you for sharing very inspiring and very vulnerable of you and I didn't know you in your 20s but I'd known you really for, I think from late 30s and, and in 40s and you know for me what you're saying absolutely yes we, we are called to, to to live and follow the commandments of Jesus however holiness is about being transformed and allowing the grace to transform us and you know, it, it's not just about ticking the boxes and making sure we're all doing something right with that because we can tick the boxes without being transformed. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We really can. And I think that's where, 
it's about this is where the relationship you know and back to again your dramatization of the adulterous woman you know it's it's the gaze of love that begins that real deep inner transformation and I think that we can slip into the box ticking if we think if if we don't have that intimacy with Jesus so really it's about it, it at heart is a relationship it's a relationship with our Lord um you know and trusting that he he loves us and trusting and so in that sense the more that you deepen that knowledge of who Jesus really is the more you realize that he is completely trustworthy and so it's then the relationship that transforms and I think you know that's my experience both with Jesus but also very much with community and friendship that it is it's in community and it's in friendship with others that we're transformed you know nothing nothing is about our isolation you know we yes we need time alone and we need we need solitude and we need to be comfortable with that to really meet the Lord you know because that's how we can really meet him in prayer and that intimacy but actually we're called to community we're called to relationship and, and that transforms us in really beautiful ways that um that that can't be done otherwise so there's yeah it, it's um, that dance of you know the relationship and intimacy with our Lord um, coupled with our, our life in community and with others and I think you know I um, I just you know the creative arts and nature are just such a kind of big part of my life and themes that you know when I look at how the Lord has has spoken and um, and healed me and met me it's so often through the creative arts and through through nature and I was just reflecting as well you know about the kind of our uniqueness and thinking actually we're a bit like a garden you know like our, our our personality our life everything about us and you know we there's it, it just it this healing journey is a bit like planting a garden and cultivating a garden because there's lots of growing in the dark you know I was sort of looking, thinking about all the metaphors about the garden you know and the healing journey because actually so much of it is about the things going what seems like death you know what seems like oh my goodness I've got to let this habit go or I've got to change in this way or I've got to let go of this way of thinking or oh there's just a big sort of black hole in front of me and I can't see what's the other side but actually that's like gardening you know you put these little seeds in the dark and they um, they crack open in the dark and it often takes absolutely ages for them to sprout and come to life but actually you know it's it, that's how life comes and then as the garden begins to grow you know the weeds need to be removed and there's different types of weather you know a bit like our life you know we have so many different seasons and different um, circumstances but ultimately life springs forth um, and, and then you know there's necessary for the for gardens to grow and for trees to be strong and beautiful flowers you know you need pruning you need support you need things need to adapt and I just think all of those sort of metaphors are such brilliant metaphors for how the Lord is the gardener of our souls and of our of our bodies and of our hearts and minds you know and, and we're all born into unique soil with our own circumstances our own you know our own environment our own but but you know the the end game for all of us is this thriving and is this this blooming and um, blossoming of, of who we are and of our of our lives so yeah I do I do love a good nature metaphor <laughs> yeah I do I very much enjoy that analogy to just allow um, Jesus to be the gardener and to prune out all the weeds yeah absolutely so Lizzie is there anything else that you would like to share on the episode or maybe particularly to a woman who might have picked up this podcast for the first time anything that you would like to share with perhaps someone who, who could have been in a, in a similar situation yeah I mean I guess 
I think, again, another line that stood out to me in the dramatisation was, you know, I began to listen to my beating heart again. And I think, you know, so often um, the wounds that life inflicts through either other people or circumstances can often lead us to, to shut down and to close down and to numb our hearts, numb our minds, numb all the parts of ourselves. Um, and, you know, and then those we can have then a bit like the adulterous woman, you know, those kind of misplaced desires, the way that you you spoke about her of, of actually seeking our needs to be met in in shallower places that we think are going to satisfy. Um, and I guess it's just that sense that actually, you know, we always need to be asking what's the deeper desire and taking it to Jesus, because actually we can if we have the courage to really listen to what our beating heart is telling us we're going to come in touch with something much deeper and truer and then we can take it all to to our lord so i guess i would just encourage anyone listening that if there are things if you feel like oh yeah there's things below the surface that that are kind of slightly perhaps daunting or are perhaps feel too big that actually the perfect gardener of our souls, you know, Jesus, he's so kind, he is so gentle, he meets us exactly where we're at. And, and we just, all we have to do is open the, the door a chink, you know, it's just the tiniest little thing, the tiniest baby step that we can bring ourselves to make, you know, that might be just sitting in silence for one minute, having never done it before, you know, it can be just, you know, just going for going for a walk or whatever I don't know whatever it is that, that someone might sense is the little tiny step they need to take towards life towards really connecting to that beating heart of themselves you know Jesus will meet you and will just pour out grace and healing and love in abundance you know more than we can ask or imagine as it tells us in scripture you know just that as I guess just that you know get to this get to the sacraments get to adoration I just like adoration is just always such a place of encounter for me and you know so just any encouragement to just go and be with Jesus in um in any way in any way that you can because um you know we we just are called to constantly be thinking yeah what's truly life-giving and and letting Jesus meet us in that um but he he loves us so much so it's just Jesus loves you Jesus loves you so much and he wants your transformation he wants you know he wants each and every one of us to come fully alive um and he'll guide us every step of the way so so to help us bloom in all our beauty and our glory well, thank you Lizzie and just as you were saying you were talking about the sacraments I was thinking as well about the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, and such a beautiful sacrament. I mean, I love a good confession, just being there. Yes, and absolutely. And who's, who's acting in the person of Christ, just speaking yeah. into our soul and, and just hearing your sins are forgiven as, you know, Jesus says to the woman in, in who's caught in adultery. So just... Yeah, know, absolutely. And I think as well, something, you know, the, the sacrament of confession has so many different... Um, ways of of understanding it and one of the ones that I love the most is is really understanding it as a sacrament of healing and it is you know when when they're listed in their categories um you know it's along with anointing of the sick it is a sacrament of healing and I think you know I just I think it's St Thomas Aquinas in one of his prayers um like it's a, a mass preparation prayer but he, he says you know I come sick to the doctor of life and I just think that I often think of that line when I think of confession of actually coming to receive healing. So, yes, we receive forgiveness and we we receive that that reconciliation of a relationship and that that sort of 
um, yeah, that restoration, but we also receive healing. And there are just so many parts of my life where, um, you know, I look and think, yeah, there really has been healing things that, you know, that perhaps I was confessing regularly 20 years ago that actually the Lord really has healed and they, they rarely need to be confessed now. So it's just that sense of, of, of it really is a place of healing and restoration and where we meet, like you say, you know, the priest is Christ to us and we meet him um, in, in the person of Christ. So, yeah, it's just trusting in that healing journey, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Lizzie, so much for, for sharing everything that you have um, so vulnerably and spoken so well for us. I think it will be a great blessing to all those who are listening. And I would just like to say again, thank you for being on A Beautiful Thing podcast. Thank you so much, Angela. Thanks for having me. It's been a real blessing. God bless you for all you're doing and all your good work. And now I want to give you some behind the scenes on my artistic process of the writing of The Adulterous Woman. I think the main thing that I wanted to draw out, as Lizzie so well speaks about in her interview, is the need for inner healing. And that Jesus is the true healer who looks beyond our weakness and sees us for who we truly are. He sees our goodness and beauty even when we cannot. And he calls this out of us and calls us to choose to walk in this truth as the woman in my script says at the end that she makes a decision to walk in the soles of her beauty for the first time. She begins to see herself as the beloved woman of God that she is. And so, listeners, it is my hope this week that you will come to recognise yourself as the beloved one. Thank you for listening. I would love you to do all the usual things, share the episode with a friend, subscribe and review on your usual podcast platform so that more people can know about it. Follow me on Instagram at A Beautiful Thing and on Facebook at A Beautiful Thing Podcast. Please pray for my work and I would be delighted if you are able to make any donations on Patreon. The links for all of these things are in the show notes. I'm looking forward to you joining me next week where you will hear another dramatic episode of A Woman in the Gospel. Until then, may the Lord bless you and lead you more towards the beautiful thing that God wants to do in your life.